tough, you have to be ethical. You wouldn't think it's too much to ask that women be paid the same amount as men for doing the same job. We really do need journalists who will act without fear or favour. I love the mansplaining. I'm enjoying it. Journalism has changed uh, so much, particularly in recent times. Jessica has worked for some of the biggest media companies across the world, but she still felt like a fraud. So this week, she sits down with me to talk about how you can get past that feeling and that in this industry, we're all a bit kooky, as she describes it, and that's okay. Women in Media presents Media Secrets. Jessica, thank you again so much for joining me. Now, for people who may not know who you are, give us a little bit of a spiel about you. Um, Well, at the moment, I'm actually on maternity leave for the second time around. Um, I've got a three-year-old and a four-month-old, so um, that's pretty busy. But normally, I'm the um, 4 p.m. producer up at Channel 7. I often do the 6 p.m. news over weekends and um, public holidays and a fill-in capacity, but... Mm -hmm. The past few years I've been doing the um, the four o'clock afternoon news um, and I've been doing that for probably about, well, as long as we've we've had the afternoon news, about four years, um, but I came back from overseas about five years ago mm-hmm. where I was living in London and Hong Kong and I was down in Sydney for about five years before that, so back in Brisbane after about 10 years hiatus. <laughs> That's great. We'll get into the um, the overseas time um, in a little bit. But before we do, tell me a secret, something that you think that most people wouldn't know about the media or, you know, the people that work within it. I think it's okay to be nice, um, particularly in journalism. It's got a bit of a reputation of being um, really cutthroat mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of egos. I mean, there's certainly that, but... I think you're allowed to be humble, mm-hmm. polite, um, even a little bit quiet. That's okay. Mm. Um, you can still do well um, in journalism particularly. Um, you don't have to be shouty or sweary or mm. throwing phones or, you know, people. And my, my grandma once said to me, you're too nice to be a journalist. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, and I think it's, it has had that reputation, but it's surprising to discover that actually it's, it's full of nice, normal human beings, mm. actually, not um, egomaniacs. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And so what got you into this industry? You know, what was it about it that made you want to jump in? I think I didn't have any other options. I was just always going to do it. Like, mm-hmm. um, since I was a kid, we always we, like, we grew up watching, um, you know, Rod Young read mm-hmm. the the ABC News at seven and Anton Enos on SBS. Yep. And it's I just always knew I was going to do it since since I was probably um, in primary school. Mm-hmm. Really, I used to cut out cardboard boxes and pretend to. Um, sit behind the TV and read the news, <laughs> pretend great. I was Rod Young. <laughs> he doesn't know that yet. But, um, and I just grew up watching. Um, I, I remember watching things like, um, you know, the Wharf dispute and the Rwandan genocide and things like that. I remember watching on the news. I was probably too young to really understand. Yeah. Uh, probably wasn't even appropriate for kids to, <laughs> to watch it. But um, I just always knew 
I was going to do it, mm. despite some teachers saying, oh, you'll never get the marks for journalism, mm. which wasn't true. Um, yeah, I was always, always, always going to do it, I think, because I just grew up loving news. Surprisingly for a child, I had quite a good um, knowledge of current affairs, mm. really. And so even as a quiet person, which is sort of how you've described yourself, did you face any any challenges because of that being a part of your personality? I think it's always hard to um, to fight for yourself. Often there's um, contract negotiations and, mm. and things like that. And just lacking a bit of confidence in your own abilities. It's Everybody says, oh, just back yourself, mm. which is probably easier said than done. I think um, I always was lucky at uni and then through different jobs to find somebody who could mentor me or somebody I felt comfortable mm. um, approaching for guidance and asking questions. So I think that was a challenge, but I think people like it if you come to them and ask for help. So I learnt pretty much at uni to, to say, I don't understand this, can you help me? And people are so happy to do that and then you gradually build confidence mm. along the way. Like people aren't out to to get you yeah. or destroy you. They actually want to help you and see you do well. So once I learnt that, that you don't have to be perfect and know everybody know everything and you can ask for help ask for guidance even just somebody you can talk to for a bit of support whether it's at uni or in 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 different workplaces that was that really changed everything really you could realize I, I can do this I can survive in this supposedly really cutthroat and egotistical um industry but um I think the main challenge now is um well, since becoming a mother. And um, I'm lucky um, Seven let me work part-time, which was perfect. I know a lot of people can't do that. Mm. So I've, I've found lately I'm still trying to figure out how to how to balance that. You feel sometimes you're like, oh, I'm a really bad mother because I'm spending too much yeah. time obsessing over work or at work for too long or checking work emails at home or, or trying to watch the news, heaven forbid, instead of Peppa Pig. Mm. So you're constantly feeling like, oh, I'm, 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 I'm a bad mother for thinking about work too much. But then sometimes you think, well, I can't give any more at work. Mm. Um, I'm sorry, I can't stay late. I can't come in early. I can't do that work at home. And you can't really push yourself as much yeah. as you used to. Um, so then sometimes you feel like oh I'm being a bit of a slack employee like it's so that's the main challenge I'm facing at the moment but I'm lucky that there are so many other women in my position Mm. and you just talk to them and ask how do you do it and you find that oh everybody feels the same yeah like everybody every parent who works feels exactly the same there they feel like they're not keeping up at work, they're not keeping up at home, but that's actually how it's supposed to be at this this stage. And and work's been really good, actually. They're um mm. they're really supportive and working part time or four days a week was um it was great to be able to do that. And so when you were talking to those women who have been in that experience or been in that situation like you have, 
did you find that you let yourself off the hook a little bit that you weren't making yourself feel as guilty for you know giving too much attention to work or, or too much attention to family life yeah definitely I've made peace with it now um, and I'd, I couldn't have done that without talking to other parents mm. at work and yeah you realize that it's just a stage of life I've seen a lot of um, women in my workplaces who have had years off to um, have kids didn't work at all or worked part-time kids are a bit older they come back full-time and they've never looked back like they haven't been left behind um, they're all doing really well and and you catch up mm. so it's great to see that they've made it through that and um, it hasn't had any long-term impact on their career but it does seem like that's a fear though for many for many women who do um, you know get married or take time off or you know do start to have a family that if they do take more than you know the minimum requirement for mm. mat leave that they will lose touch they'll be forgotten that there won't be a place for them mm. and that trying to come back even will be the hardest thing they deal with mm. I mean, I think you look forward to coming back to get away from the kids a bit, <laughs> be amongst adults and drink hot coffee. Yeah. Um, Talk shop. Yeah. Oh, be able to swear. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's definitely, you do fear that, oh, the part-timers or the people just back from mat leave kind of aren't taken seriously. But I think the surprising thing about coming back from having children is that you're actually a bit more confident because you're dealing often with sick kids and just other, like, real worries that mm. you think, no, I can, I can handle this. Mm. And at work you think, I'm in control of what I'm doing here. I know what I'm doing. Um, at home with little children, you feel like you've got no control and you've got no idea what you're doing so um initially it's very it's very daunting but I think you feel a little bit more confident coming back Mm. after kids and once you realize that it's not career suicide at all it's just just a different stage for a few years but you will um yeah come back stronger so do you feel like um that that element of journalism or that element of um, the workplace is changing right now. Um, it seems like sort of women that you know were trailblazers really had no options. That they were sort of, if they wanted to have a family or if they wanted to get married, it was kind of that's it, no more career after that. Like that was their way out the door. Mm. Um, whereas now it seems like there's a lot more of a of a transition for you to come back there seems to be more support from you know senior management to say you know we think that you having a child is a great thing and you're not going to be punished for it Mm. I mean it's still it's very it's happening very slowly Mm. I think Um, but I'm lucky it it depends on your workplace but I was really lucky I was able to job share Mm. and I worked with so many women who are all in the same situation so I think it does depend on your industry and what you do um, I'm lucky I'm a producer so I'm chained to the desk mm. all day I'm not out doing a live cross from Logan at 7 o'clock at night um, I would find that very difficult Yeah, I think um, so you are a little bit limited 
in terms of just hours of the day. You know, you've got to pick pick the kids up. But I think it I think it is getting easier and I've only seen positive things, but I know that it's not the case for everybody. Mm. But it, it's improving and, and they do understand because everybody's going through it and they don't want to lose good people. Yeah. If you want to keep your good staff on, then you'd be understanding. Now, can we talk a little bit about your time um, at CNN? That sounds like it was an amazing opportunity. Um, how did that sort of all come about, you getting that position and being deployed overseas? Um, I was really lucky. I just um, I was living in Sydney at the time and just decided to move to London like a lot of people do. So I was, I was unemployed when I went over there. Um, it was That's just... scary. Um, a little bit. But I went just after Christmas. It was when Brisbane was flooding. So 2011, I yeah. left. Um, and I got freelance work really easily because um, Christmas New Year period, it was really quiet. Everybody was away. So um, I picked up some freelance shifts at um, Al Jazeera, ITV and CNN. Mm. And um, a job became available a little bit later at, at CNN, which I applied for and was successful. And being such a huge global organisation, um, they were full-time immigration lawyer on staff. So, wow, it was visa-wise, it was easy. Um, they just sponsored me, so I could stay for as long as I was employed there. Yeah. So I was quite lucky, and um, being a producer, I, I had a lot of producing experience behind me, and um, that's what they were looking for. Um, it was surprisingly easy, really. I think you've just got to be... With the freelance work, you just take anything you can get. Mm. Um, and I was fortunate that CNN, the, the work I was doing there was fairly similar to what I was doing um, back in Australia. And what did you love um, about working for CNN or about working overseas, say, compared to, you know, working in Australia? Um, I, I've always loved world news. That was always just my passion Mm. um so it was just at somewhere like cnn the whole world literally just opened up to you you just realize what a big place it is and how much is going on Mm. um and just the sheer scale of somewhere like cnn just if you just imagine what the control room would would look like yeah like the mothership yeah and you'd, you'd produce a show with three hostings, one from London, one from Hong Kong and New York, live crosses from everywhere in the world, you know, Somalia. Australia was always hard to get a live cross out of because nobody was available. But, um, yeah. yeah, it was just incredible, the resources. Of course, they thought they were under-resourced, but they're not. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was just such a thrill, really. We'd break... You know, some of the biggest stories um, that I can remember. We broke the news during my show that Gaddafi had been um, killed. Um, Margaret Thatcher died when I was on air once. The Pope resigned, which threw us into a bit of a spin. That was a bit... Never dealt with a Pope resigning before. Usually they die, don't they? (laughs) Yeah, so that was a bit strange. But, yeah, just the scale of the place was, was just incredible Mm. yeah I really really loved it and so what advice would you have for people listening of any age group about 
during a stint like that, you know, about having the confidence or, you know, having the skill to do something different out of their, completely out of their comfort zone? I think just say yes to everything. That's what I tried to do when I moved overseas. And not just career-wise, but socially as well. Just say yes to every invitation. Um, Because you just never, ever know. And work-wise, I think, again, finding somebody who you think is approachable or fairly like-minded. There were heaps and heaps of Aussies at CNN Mm. and Al Jazeera and just in London generally. And so it was really easy to find somebody who'd done the same thing and just say, "Um, can you help me? Can you please explain? I was always afraid to ask for help. I think I had to pretend that I knew what I was doing. Mm. And I see a lot of interns um, come through who I think feel that they have to impress. I think it's okay, I'm all over this. Um, I know what I'm doing. And and you don't, Mm. and that's fine. You're there to learn. Yeah. And I think there's no shame in saying, can I sit with you for a little bit? Can you show me? how to do this yeah and don't be afraid to ask silly questions i'd rather hear a silly question than make a huge mistake and that's the thing like to to them it may seem like they're asking a silly question but Mm. to us we're seeing that they've got initiative and that they Mm. are willing to ask a potentially silly question in their eyes to learn more about the industry and to try and understand whatever situation they're in. So I, th- I think it's great. Um, yeah, I still le- I'm still learning all the time. Yeah, exactly. Particularly with parenting. You, you, just, <laughs> you learn every minute of every day and I think it's okay to just to not know mm-hmm. what you're doing and ask and learn. Okay, that's great. Um, and so what do you love most about this industry? Um, I, I do love the adrenaline rush. Mm. I think you'd be hard to get that in a lot of other industries. Just, you know, when often your hands are shaking and you're hyperventilating when you're putting a live television mm. show to air, usually with everything going wrong around you. But it's... <laughs> Computer it's, crashes. Yeah, yeah. The whole works. But I do love the adrenaline rush. And I love feeling that... Um, you've built something Mm. I think it's like a trade in a way I feel often that I've I've built something I've created something and here is a a shiny finished product that you're um, putting on the television Mm. and so why did you stay um, when you first got pregnant I mean a lot of from what I can see a lot of women who do um, you know get married or get pregnant or want to start to settle down they decide to move into comms or PR why did you decide to stick it out and and stay in news I think I just love the people Um, everywhere I've ever worked I've made some of my best friends and because everybody's a little bit kooky you do meet some interesting (laughs) types it's I I think the corporate world I think perhaps you have to behave in a different way Mm -hmm. newsrooms attract a certain type of person I think Mm -hmm. and it's great to laugh at work every day almost every day I'm laughing Mm. and um, I just look forward to being in that environment every day it's just there's a lot of 
crazy, colourful people there. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. It makes it worth coming to work. Um, yeah. And so what about some advice that you've received over the years that's really stuck with you? Anything that you've sort of lived by or, um, you know, sticks in your mind and um, makes you think, yeah, that was a really great piece of advice? Um, I think in terms of, well, just day-to-day life at work, it's such a high-intensity environment and with live tv so many things can go wrong often it's beyond your control and it's um it can get very stressful Mm. um and i remember one day um in london just having a particularly bad show everything just fell apart and coming out of the control room afterwards and my boss who is in his very cockney way just said it's just telly Mm. it's all right it's just telly like it's true I mean you want to obviously do the best you can but some things are beyond your control and I had a habit of beating myself up Mm. over just the the smallest thing and just falling apart over it and you realize it's it's just television um it's live television Mm. it's never going to be perfect we're not finding a cure for cancer or someone's life isn't in my hands so um I think that helped. Yeah. I bet it would, especially in that moment where you would have just been completely wrecked. Completely wrecked. Yeah. Um, And what about some of the challenges that you've you've sort of faced over the years? You've spoken um, about a few recently in terms of um, making changes at home. Um, Any ones that have stuck out you know in the past and you've kind of thought you know I really learnt a lesson here and this is the lesson I learnt um yeah I think that the the parenthood thing is the main one at the moment but um I think also that the accepting different personalities and different strengths that people have and and reaching out to them for guidance and help when you real when you feel like oh um they're going to realize i'm a bit of a fraud someone's going to any moment they'll catch me out and realize like what are you doing here and then you realize that no everybody feels like that yeah when you think um everybody's slightly insecure and that's okay Mm. and reach out to each other for support and help but I think that one of the big challenges I faced, I think, early on, um, it kind of made me mature a lot. I was at the ABC um, during the cancer cluster at Tuong. Mm-hmm. And um, so most people were evacuated from the Tuong site when that all came about. I mean, unfortunate, obviously, I was never directly impacted by it health-wise. And I just felt so sorry for the women who were... And my particular unit, um, we were making videos for news videos for um, online and for mobile platforms and things like that. Our our content couldn't come from anywhere else in the country, not like the evening television news or radio. Uh, so we had to stay once the site had been evacuated. And they said to us, "You decide whether you want to stay or leave." And I was really young and I hadn't been there that long. And I'm like, well, what? I can't leave. Like, who am I to say, no, I'm going I'm to go. But then I felt a little bit uncomfortable about the entire situation. Mm. And then eventually the decision was made that um, 
the women have to go. And then Mark Scott um, flew up, the managing director at the time came up and like he, I, from my point of view, I thought he was amazing. Mm. So, no, everybody is out of this site. So our unit um, went to Sydney temporarily and then we all came back to um, Channel 10's basement up at Mount Cutha. So that was a first... And, and during that, I, I approached one of the women who had, um, you know, endured breast cancer and I said to her, I don't know what to do. I want to be supportive, so I feel I should leave with you, but also I'm, I'm new here, I'm young, and I feel I should stay. I don't mm. want to be judged um, for leaving, but um, she was great, and, and fortunately we were all told we... Um, had to go but yeah that was that was an interesting experience that sounds unimaginable that sounds just so scary I don't know how anyone who's young could deal with something like that could be put in that position in terms of making the decision all on their own and be expected to make the right one yeah I mean in the end um, the ABC handled it well by just getting everybody out of that site and closing it down Mm. and now obviously the ABC's at South Bank and yeah that was for somebody as young as I was Mm. um, that was a a strange thing to to go through Wow Um, and what about what you wish you'd known before starting in this industry is there anything that you wish you'd um, you know if you were given the chance to tell yourself you know, when you were in your early 20s before getting into the industry, what would you tell yourself? That, again, speak up for yourself and realise that everybody is human. They may come across really loud and um, somewhat aggressive and, you know, you look at them and think, well, you, you really have it all together. You know mm-hmm. everything and I know nothing. And actually, they're... They don't, and inside there, you wouldn't believe the self-doubt that they're probably suffering. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of good actors. We kind of have to be, I yeah. think. <laughs> um, and so, what is there's any advice that you would give to an intern or you know a young journalist listening? What would it be? Do you think? Never ever say you want to be a newsreader. Why? Because you want to be a journalist, not a newsreader. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no such thing as newsreaders anymore. They're they're journalists, and they happen to be um, reading the news. Mm. And don't don't aim for that. I've heard people say, "Oh, I want to I want to read the news." Like, no, you want to be a journalist. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with doing shot listing for eight hours straight. It's an important <laughs> role. It's hard, but it's important. Yeah, sure. and like you're not above anything like that. Mm. You know, if you're 45 and you're still doing it all day, then maybe, maybe say something. <laughs> but um, yeah, and, and ask questions and don't pretend to be an expert. What do you love about being a producer? I love that producing, you're juggling so many balls. Um, 
I found with reporting I was always interested in what my colleagues were doing. Mm. Like, oh, what's your story? And, you know, I just, I love having a finger in every every pie. Like, I love sport, weather, um, federal politics, world news, local news, state politics, funny animal stories. <laughs> like, I love all of them. And so I like being able to be involved in every single aspect of news making mm-hmm. and I love um, I love writing I don't get to do much long form writing anymore but again I just love that the little tiny pieces like a jigsaw puzzle that you put together and you create um, a news bulletin you see it go to air on the television hopefully with not too many mistakes <laughs> hopefully um, alright well, we're gonna um, sort of wrap it up by playing something called Fast Facts so, um, what motto do you live by? I live by "You can do it." It's it started out just as a, an alarm clock phrase when I used to get up at five in the morning and run up and down hills mm. in Kenmore. Just a silly, silly thing, but you actually can do it. It's uh, I think about that every day now, even if it's a toddler tantrum to endure or, or work or running up a hill really Mm -hmm. I think you can do it and where has been the best place to work Uh, London it was the worst place for my liver but CNN in London was was pretty fun Mm -hmm. and dream job if you could have any job in the world what would it be I think something where I still do some writing uh, something where you can talk all day just talk 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 Um, but also providing some service or something where you can help people I think I'd love to do and if there was a place you could live anywhere in the world where would you be just next to Hampstead Heath in London why it's just so beautiful and magical in winter if it's snowing it's just the most stunning place and the three days of summer it's also (laughs) beautiful and I think I've just got great memories from there but I'd need my family and my friends and my um, little mum support network Mm. with me. But, yeah, I'd I'd live there. And what about an unusual skill or talent that you might have? I'm very good at multitasking while breastfeeding. Wow, that's a hell of a skill. Yeah, it's uh, who knew? I can feed the baby, eat my dinner, um, order the groceries online, yell at the toddler, bark orders at my husband... (laughs) Or stand up and put washing in the machine whilst feeding the baby. It's wow. bad for my posture, but it's... <laughs> it gets you through the day. Obviously, you've got a lot to accomplish, so um, that's great. Now, Jessica, is there any, anything else you want to add in there? Anything that you think people should um, know about or any other pieces of advice that you think is important? Just that... Um, yeah, you, you need to build a support network around you. I feel like I've it's taken a long time, probably 15 years, I think, well, I've been doing this. Um, personally and professionally, it's, it's taken a long time to, to, again, just ask for help and build a strong network. Speak to other people. You're not alone in what you're feeling. Everybody else is feeling the exact same way and um yeah it's just it's fun 
And you can do it. Yes, you can do it. You really can. Of course, a podcast like this simply wouldn't be possible without the support of the amazing organisation Women in Media, the Queensland-based team, and the ever-wonderful Caroline Graham. She's a Walkley Award winner. She's been so supportive. I'm so thankful for having her. Thanks, guys, so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. So if you've got any feedback, I would really love to hear it. So contact me on social media or contact me through the website. Until next time.